millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Remchak. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Come on, Uncle Ken. We're hungry for trades. Let's get into it with the lead. Uh, you save the rest of that pork chop for later, big guy. You need lunch today. A little pork chop for dinner? Not bad. Not bad. Um, that actually did look good. We were talking Great earlier. Great flavor. I feel like I should mix more pork chops into my diet. Final buzzer said reaching. Why? What? Is the lead supposed to be good? We have to do like 250 of these shows a year. Yesterday, I jumped in front of the camera and said leap day. It's This is yeah. all. We come up with these at 12 o'clock. We come up with them during the intro. Yeah. Like literally, Pat, before Pat hit go live at noon, he was like, do you guys have a lead? And we were like, nope. No. And then I said, should I eat the pork chop? And I said, yeah, we could probably come up with something on that. Um, Braden, did Liam just take a bite of chicken? Oh, it's a pork chop. Yeah, it's a pork chop. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. Gear up for the stretch drive. Get some fresh gear as Edmonton gets ready to eventually clinch a playoff spot, eventually get into the Stanley mm. Cup playoffs. Come on, let's go. Uh, today's show, as always, brought to you by Sherwood Ford the Giant. No Sherwood Ford the Giant game day edition of the show today. But we'll, we'll kind of treat it like that from the perspective of two games this weekend. You got Seattle yeah. Saturday, Pittsburgh Sunday. Giddy up. Two big games. An opportunity to uh, jump up in the standings. Only one point behind the Golden Knights. And uh, I think 11 now behind the slipping and sliding Vancouver Canucks. That is interesting. How many games at hand we got on those pesky they Vancouver Canucks? 62 games played. I believe we have 57. So five games in hand. 11 behind. Got to win those games, of course. And we learned this last little bit here that yep. winning games isn't always easy, but. And you also have a head to head against the Canucks. So you win all of your games in hand and the head to head. You were the top team in the Pacific Division. Yeah. And the top team, it would be top team in the conference as well. 
Yeah, that's right. It would be. So uh, there's a lot of the doors still lot. open a little, not a lot. Obviously, not a lot. Come on, we're, one we're not step at a time. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get the whole mice versus out whoever we play in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're just talking about it in general, like Mark Stone being out for Vegas, while it does seem a little fishy again, yeah, like that is still a very significant loss. He is a and, very good hockey player, and of course now the. They're gonna make an addition at the deadline, and and it makes it more difficult now for the Oilers if they want to get like a Bushnevich. Now that Vegas has all this cap space to go and spend on him, but things didn't get easier for Vegas yesterday with the loss of Mark Stone mm-hmm. until they acquire someone else. Inevitably, uh, Jaden is in on the YouTube chat. Says, "Was this our trade deadline? Trading Boardsy? No, he's sick. Granted, literally everyone in our office except the two of us is sick." Yeah, we're at night. Even if I was sick, I wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah, I, I love doing that. I love showing up and spreading germs, man. It's it is legit. Uh, it's a really good time. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Everyone else in the office gets sick. What Again? are the odds of that? <laughs> uh, you know what? We have a lot coming up today on the show. We're going to talk about the trade we saw last night in the NHL. Matt Larkin from Daily Faceoff is going to give us a one week away from the trade deadline, trade deadline preview. That's what we're calling it. The so, one week away from the trade deadline, trade deadline preview brought to you by star mechanical. Well, things are juicing up as well. Now back to back days of, uh, of trades, right? Back to back days with trades is indeed correct. Liam and my watch is buzzing. Maybe we got another trade. Did or do? No, we didn't. No, nope. um, it's just an email. Anything good? No, nothing good. Uh, <laughs> uh, we So we're going to have Larkin on in a little bit. We're going to do a rumor roundup. We have a bunch of listener-submitted mock trades we're going to dissect as well. But let's get into a couple of headlines today. Like I said, it is the lead. We are all sitting here <laughs> waiting for Ken Holland to make a move. I would say expecting a trade this weekend for the Oilers would be unlikely. I do think they're waiting for their cap space to continue to accumulate. You know, maybe if it's a cheaper option out there, like I don't think their big ad comes until deadline day is my prediction or like the night before one of those trades. I feel like it's the same for a lot of teams, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So I would agree right now they're up to just over 2 million in cap space and things progress the way they probably should over this next week. They'll get up to 2.373, which actually gives you a good amount of space to go and do something, right? Yeah. But I have a, I have an idea I want to float your way. Yeah, float it away. Past the trade deadline, the others go out and they get player A, player B. Yeah. Do you think to help get player A, player B, sorry, I shouldn't say past the deadline yet, they should send down Dylan Holloway to create that extra space to them, let him go and play in Bakersfield like they have with Broberg. Mm-hmm. And then you just allow these new players to come in and fill his role. So that would get you to pretty much just 3.2, I think it would be. Mm-hmm. A lot to play with that with 3.2. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know I, what I'm laying down? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Davin says, great idea, pork chop. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we opened the door for that one. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're not going to play him, then yes, just send him down at this point. But I still sit there and I look at the way he played when he got bumped up into the top six, how impactful he was in limited minutes against Calgary. And I think you are a better team with Dylan Holloway on your roster. I feel like I'm now wedging myself into this like massive Dylan Holloway apologist camp. I I was (laughs) never this much of a fan or this big of a fan of his earlier in the year, but I'm just sitting here and I'm going, 
Okay, we're watching a guy like the Stank Oven out in Dallas, Logan Stank Oven. All he's doing is skating hard, going to the net, and giving the Dallas Stars results because they're giving him opportunity. And I look at the way Holloway played with Nuge and Kane last game, and I go, if you did that for three straight games, mark my words, Dylan Holloway would score. Oh, I completely agree. The goals would start to come if you gave him opportunities. He's buzzing, man. He creates things on the ice. I think the Oilers have a lot of players like that. Fogel being one, Holloway the other, and McLeod. All three of them. Yeah. Well, for some reason, the three of them can't play together. Yep. And for some other reason, Connor Brown, Matthias Janmark, and Corey Perry get more opportunities to, to showcase what they can do in the top six than Dylan Holloway does. And I get it. And that was kind of, I know you brought this up last week. You wrote about it. Maybe it was this week on Oilers Nation about Holloway's minutes and Stan Coving it and all these minutes with Dallas and seeing what he can do. And then Zach and I brought it up on Twitter last night. <clears throat> and people's argument was, oh, well, Perry and Yamak earned those chances to play in the top six. And granted, I will say, Matthias Yamak probably did earn the chance to showcase yep. what he could do. But like, when does Holloway get that chance to showcase what he could do? Because he got pushed up to the top six in the Detroit game. Next yep. to McDavid came out in the third period, scored a massive goal that helped them go on to win the game. The next game, he was back down on the fourth line, and progressively from there, his minutes have declined. I just don't, don't see the point. Yeah. And you can all sit there if you're against me saying like, well, Holloway has to earn it. It's like, but the benefit of finding out if Holloway can do this over, say it's only even six games mm. is greater than anything. Yanmark Perry or Brown could bring to this team. Yeah. And I think all three of those guys have contributed well through certain points of the season, but Holloway's ceiling significantly higher. And someone tweeted at me yesterday too. It was like the max you're ever going to get for hollow out of Holloway's a middle six forward is great. That's perfectly fine. I do what not are the need Oilers a, looking at ahead of the deadline. Exactly. A I fucking middle six forward. I do not need, Sorry for cussing. I do not need anything more from Dylan Holloway. I don't need him on McDavid's line. Yeah. I just need to know he can be an option to play there. Yeah, man, it 1000% and why we're beating our head against the wall of, of rolling Yanmark out there, whatever. Like I get here in the opportunity, but Last game, I saw someone ask me this in the chat, and it was how long did he get moved up to that line last game? He played 243 at five on five with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Shot attempt six nothing, shots three nothing. It was it was actually incredible, incredibly noticeable. And you know, granted, both those shifts started in the offensive zone, but but and one of them was on the fly. There's probably a reason he was on the ice for that though. You know, rather than Yamak, because he's a better option to play that. There was a moment, and maybe I'm wrong. Do you know when he stick handled just like too long in front of the net to release a shot? I feel like he got taken off that line right after. But again, if you give a guy enough opportunities, that's a comfort thing for me. Yeah. Dylan 100%. Holloway scored how many goals at the American League level? He knows how to shoot and release a puck quickly. Yeah. The game's happening faster at the NHL level. But again, when you give him two and a half minutes with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, He's not ready for that pass. He doesn't play with players that good that often. Put him out there with guys with skill more and give him five straight games. I'm such a broken record. All the people sitting in the chat have heard me say this. Give him five straight games there, and I guarantee you by the end of it, he is scoring goals. It, it's about, like you said, the opportunity, and you got to live through the mistakes. Yep. What's the thing Lotai says? Progr uh, 
Development isn't a progressive lineup or whatever. Development isn't a straight line. Isn't a straight line. A player's not just going to go like start their career and get better, 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 better. Boom, all star. It's going to be up, down, some up, some downs, a spike up, a there's, spike down, a slump, a yeah. heater, like all that stuff. There's bumps in the road. And back to my original point, give him the give him the Broberg treatment. If you're not going to play him. What's the difference, you know? Save the cap space. See that video of Broberg ripping it up from our boy Holty? He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. And next season, I think Broberg will be on this team and play a role. <laughs> Similar to Holloway, but they need to come in with confidence. Yep. Everyone remembers that preseason Holloway had, where he was probably the best player. Mm-hmm. And then comes out and immediately makes a mistake against Vancouver in that first game. First shift, this. first game. Oh, welcome to the NHL moment right away. Usually one night in like game six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just seems like the trust has really declined. I do not understand it. I just don't know what the expectations were for him from the team. It's yeah. a 13th overall pick. Seth Jarvis has made his way through Carolina and has become a very good player for them. Wyatt Johnson, of course, is a bunch of players who have been on these Stanley Cup winning teams. Like, heck, Kale McCarr, granted fourth overall pick. Colorado had no issue pushing him to his limits in that series against Calgary when he came into the league, right? They played him immediately. And he scored. And he scored. And now he's the best play, one of the best players in the league. I'm not saying Holloway has that ceiling, but the trust was implemented immediately from the start. And it's just, that's the part where it just drives me bananas is you can look around the league at other really, really quality organizations and <laughs> they consistently give their kids chances. And the Oilers just time and time again, don't want to do that. And I see the replies on Twitter to when Zach Lang goes and makes these cases and they go, we're not a rebuilding team. We're a team it's in a legitimate Stanley cup window. Boston's given that Lacko defenseman. Oh, he's so he looks so good. He's a revelation. Yeah. Their need to add on the blue line is more or less gone because they said, you know what? Let's play this guy 18 plus minutes a night. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? Handled it and got better, made some mistakes, whatever. Had a three point game against the Oilers, yeah. though. Like he goes and handles it. Is Boston a rebuilding team? Absolutely not. No, they're not. Is Dallas a rebuilding team? Nope. Winnipeg's playing Cole Perfetti in the top six. Are they a rebuilding team? Nope. Like, again, it's just, it's a lazy, lazy narrative to be like, we're in a cup window. We can't trust the kids. What are we doing? <laughs> Even like you look back at teams like St. Louis as well. Like Robert Thomas wasn't, didn't thrive in the playoffs for them when they went and won the cup, yeah. but he played a role. Played a role. You know, you go back and look through every Stanley Cup team. They have, you need guys on that ELC mm-hmm. that show something. Yeah. I'm with you, man. So there you go. That's our little debate to kick off the show. Not even a debate, just us venting about the Oilers. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people agree. And people yeah. are also saying like Holloway needs to show something to earn that. And I would agree with that too. But I think it just comes down to trust and the organization hasn't trusted him enough. JT says, sorry, you think too much of Broberg. I saw him play here in Europe before he was drafted. He was drafted way too high. I mean, where he, right. okay, but where he's drafted is irrelevant. And I've said that time and time again, where you are picked, immediately irrelevant the second you slip on a jersey. Yeah. Once you're a part of the organization, if you're good, play. And I mean, my expectations for Broberg is to be the bottom pair and left Mm -hmm. defenseman for the Oilers next season. I wouldn't say those expectations are very high. Yeah. Right? He'll be 23 next season. Yeah. Same birthday Uh, as my sister. Mulek is in and says, to be fair, our younger player would be Stuart Skinner. My counter argument to that was... I mean, the Oilers were forced to play Stuart Skinner. This wasn't the plan. This was supposed to be Jack Campbell's crease for another two years. But that's also the thing, too, is the Oilers have put trust in young players before. 
in Bouchard and Skinner. Yeah. And now they're just not doing it again. And those who benefited the team so much. Yeah. And there were rocky moments with Bouchard, yeah, but you hammered through it. And, and now you have one of the best puck moving defensemen in the NHL. I completely agree. <sighs> as much as I would have loved for it to be an eight by seven deal for Bouchard, him next year at 3.9 million is so sweet. It's going to be nice. Uh, that is such a big benefit <clears throat> to, I mean, in a way, offset that Connor Brown dead cap space for a year. It's like, oh, yeah, you have like a legit high end right shot defenseman yeah. for 3.9 million. That is good. Uh, Let's keep moving along on the show before we get to Matt Larkin. Let's get to a rumor roundup for our friends over at Tourism. Jasper, still plenty of time to enjoy winter in the Rockies. Head to jasper.travel slash current deals to find out more about Mm. their spring activities, some of their spring skiing as well. It's still winter up at Marmot Basin. Spring skiing is just around the corner. That is a great time to get out and hit the slopes. Tourism Jasper.com slash current. No, Jasper.travel slash current oh, deals. Jasper.travel. And it's current dash deals. Sorry. All right. Uh, spring cabin properties now opening up soon. Jasper Pride and Ski Festival is coming up in the middle of April as well. So let's go. Plenty of reasons to head out to Jasper. The rumor roundup. Liam, let's start with the trade we saw last night. We're going to get Matt Larkin's take on it in about two, three minutes here when he pops in. Um, what did you make of the Leafs? I mean, it's a bit of a check down play. I talked with Frank today. There's no way that's the only D-man no, they add no. is Ilya Labushkin. I mean, Canes were in the mix keeping salary. He's not great, is he? But I mean, he's a familiar piece for this team. Mm-hmm. He's going to be that bottom pairing defenseman, right? Like yeah. it's kind of a, a meaningless deal in a way. I mean, something... If Leafs fans the only thing I would the only thing is, I would say is spend a lot of assets on this guy. Yeah, like limit years. you have limited draft capital already. Maybe you could have just waited and made sure you can't get a better guy on the market yeah. than this. But um, I don't think the Oilers and I'm like the Tanev deal. I was sitting there being like, "Damn, Edmonton probably should have gotten in and paid that price for him." But for Labushkin, I'm not sitting here being like, hmm, "I wonder if the Oilers would have." No, Mm-mm. no. Well, interest. someone someone tweeted at me last night. Isn't he just Vinny? Worse, Vinny. The, did you see the they tweeted the Bush bomb, La Bush, Bush. Yeah, don't do that, that Toronto. Yeah, with no goals. That's dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't scored in comparison. I just think like he's not he's not special, is he? Like, he, do they not have too much better than him? It's, I think it's just a familiarity yeah. thing. But this is what it is. But yeah, someone tweeted at me last night. If there's a third round pick in there and Tanev was a second, what is Cece? CC has term. And that brings us to a report from, I believe it was Pierre Lebrun yesterday, who said the Calgary Flames were offered a first round pick for Tanev, but it involved them taking back a veteran player with term. What the, where's our wind horse meme? What does he mean by that? Huh? Let's connect some dots. Oilers have a first round pick. They do. Oilers wanted a right shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. Who, if they upgrade the right shot, who's got to go at the door, Liam? A uh, veteran defenseman named Cody CC. Does he have term? Let me check. One, two. Yep. Well, then. I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I am not reporting anything because I'm not an insider. I'm a moron. Um, we're media. Yeah, we're just media guys. Uh, but that wouldn't surprise me in the least bit if it was the first in CC was the Oilers offer for Tanev and Calgary said, we don't want guys with term. Okay, but if that also is a deal, is that not silly of Conroy? Uh, yeah, you should have taken the first round pick Take and then the you could have traded CC at next year's deadline for a Labushkin package of a third and you could have gotten a first and third for Tanev instead of a second and third. You can probably trade him and retain his salary at the at the draft. Yeah. And then 
earn another another uh, draft pick there, but because it was the Oilers, you said no. It just seems that seems very silly of me to put your heart where your head should be, mm. right? Put your heart where your head. That's a good. It's a good line, but thank you. It's like a tumbler kind of. I'm gonna put that one right there. Yeah. We got room on the wall. A couple of spaces. If anyone has any ideas for us, it's a lot of exposed brick. Uh, <laughs> the other rumor, Frank says Vegas will spend Stone's LTIR space. He said that on DFO Live today. That's mildly concerning that they might go get Jake Kensel. <laughs> yeah. I would like to not, not go ideal. up against that in the first round of the playoffs. Even the Kings losing Kempe as well. Of course they did. Sounds like he could come back though. Really? Okay. But either way, like... The fact that it could be an option for them, it's like really mm-hmm. nice. Now the two biggest teams and Vancouver's are shopped already so much and the others are saying like, well, we have almost three million in cap space to spend mm-hmm. and it's a bit disappointing. But again, I think Holland will do stuff, so we'll see what he does. Uh Jaden is in the chat, says, hang up some pork chops, quick and easy snack. Oh, and yeah. Tyler Mulick said something in the chat that's too horny for me to read. So we're just gonna move on <laughs> from that. Uh, you know what we're gonna do? We're going to get to the Star Mechanical guest line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. You can find out more about them and their 24-7 emergency services by heading to starmechanical.ca. Our friend Matt Larkin from Daily Faceoff is here to make the show a little bit less horny and talk some trade deadline. (laughs) Matt, appreciate you hopping on. How's it going? It's my pleasure to be on, fellas. I feel like I'm promoting Tourism Jasper with my sweater right now. I just feel like I'm ready for the chalet or the après ski, if you will. It does look very cozy. It does look very, very nice. Um, And it's cold as shit in Edmonton right now. So a nice sweater would go a long way. Uh, Let's talk a little trade deadline. You're obviously out in Toronto. What'd you make of the Ilya Labushkin deal? Well, if you're watching, if you're looking at my body language right now, it's this. We know this is not the be all end all deal. And sort of the recent adage in this era is that you can never have too many defensemen during the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a rugged style of play when you get there and you're usually having to reach deep into your bench and go with seven, eight over the course of your, of a long run. If you're trying to go in a long run. So to me, Ilya Lebushkin, is he going to even be in the starting lineup for every game of the playoffs for the Leafs? We don't know that for sure, but you're just fortifying your depth. I know analytically he looks bad right now in terms of what he's done in Anaheim, but then again, Anaheim, that's a really bad defensive team. He hasn't had a whole lot of help there. So to me, it's like you guys are saying, it's a familiar face. It's a blunt instrument. I think that type of game plays better in the playoffs during the regular season when the Zebras put the whistles away. I'm fine with it, but I really don't think the Leafs are done. They can't be done. No. They, they got to add more like a defenseman, probably a lock. Do you think they'll dabble in the forward market as well? I think they could use a little bit of depth, but it's hard, right? With the Leafs, they don't have that much flexibility. I think if they're trying to prioritize, yes, I think they're badly in need of depth. Maybe they could use someone like a Scott Lawton for the third line, but this team is still scoring. They're top heavy, but they're still scoring a ton. If you're relying on your stars to score, it doesn't really matter. The goals are going in as long as everybody's healthy. To me, where the Leafs really do need help is defensively. That's why I think Chris Tanev would have been the perfect get for them. I would have paid whatever was asked to get him, especially because Tanev being a local boy would have been a good candidate to sign an extension as well. So to me, that's got to be the priority if you're Bradshaw living. The Leafs are just a mediocre team defensively. They have been all year. We saw the moves they made in the offseason. It was pretty clear they're going to regress defensively. That's exactly what's happened. So whether it's going to be someone like a Sean Walker, I don't know who else is out there that might be sort of of interest to Brad for living, but it's got to be a defenseman and ideally someone who could play in the top four. What do you think of the players available on the market right now? It just seems incredibly underwhelming. And there's all this talk. It's like, there's no trades. It's like, well, there's no one to trade for. 
You know, I agree. It's one of the more underwhelming markets in recent memory. Of course, Jake Gensel is the marquee piece, Pavel Buknevich as well. If you're looking for, for sort of a marquee forward, there are a couple good names there, but goalie market is looking dry. If Jacob Markstrom's not available anymore, it doesn't look like UC Saros is going to be available. Even on defense, the fact that Sean Walker on Frank Sarvalli's trade targets board is now number two behind Noah Hannafin. No disrespect to Sean Walker, but this is someone who was a healthy scratch last year. To go from healthy scratch to number two in terms of commodities on that trade target board, it tells you what the Darth of talent is right now available on the market. So it's it's sort of like if you're a contender, especially if you're a fringe contender, not an elite team, is the juice really worth the squeeze? Is it worth giving up draft capital for a player like Sean Walker? Or are you better off just sort of rolling with what you have this year? You mentioned goaltending there, and I know about a week ago you wrote a piece about how the Oilers should focus on goaltending ahead of the deadline. The reason I kind of push back on that a bit is when I look at the assets and also the cap space it would take to get, let's say it's Allen, because he's kind of the only one on the market that would even fit for the Oilers. The assets in the cap space, I sit there and go, I think you're better off if you're the Oilers using that to get a D-man, using that to get a veteran third-line center. like. You will go as far as Stuart Skinner will take you and your backup goalie won't change things all that much. Do you disagree with that? You, you think the Oilers should go out and get a goalie? I still do. And we'd have to just look at what happened in the playoffs last year. Stuart Skinner pulled four times. And this is not four times in four rounds. This is four times in two rounds. And to me, the fact that he didn't really show up, and I'm not saying everything was his fault, but he had some bad moments. Still a young goaltender. There's time to improve and become more consistent. But we haven't seen that consistency this year either. We saw some really bad goaltending in the beginning of the year, which cost Jay Woodcroft his job. We saw an incredible heater in that middle part of the season. And all of a sudden we see Skinner kind of going in the toilet again of late. And to me, if you're the Oilers, it's got to make you really nervous. And as I wrote last week, it doesn't mean you have to pay up for the top guy in the market. Even if there was one, let's say it was UC Saros because goaltending is so fickle. I don't think you need to necessarily spend because look, look at what Aiden Hill did last year. Right. But to me, you just want one piece of insurance. If you look at Calvin Pickard, he has 0.0 career games of NHL playoff hockey to his name. That's pretty shaky to me as a safety net. Do you want to roll with someone who game to game in Stuart Skinner, you have no idea what version of him you're getting every single night. And the stakes are high for the Oilers. This team needs to go all the way. Ken Holland's been pretty open about that. I feel like the fan base, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the fan base feels this way too. You can't bet on a, eh, let's see how he's going to be this week. You need some kind of insurance. And Jake Allen, I agree. It's a bit of a complicated example because of that, that cap at 3.85 million, you're going to have to retain 50% on it to work. But He's got a 924 career save, uh, playoff save percentage. To me, that's a nice safety net. He's been the backup on a Stanley Cup contender or a Stanley Cup winner, I should say, in 2019. I just feel like you could sleep easier if you have that sturdy backup behind Skinner. I, I don't disagree with the idea of bringing in someone to help Skinner. It's just, to, it's weird to say that the Oilers are so close to like winning a Stanley Cup. And there are also so many pieces away at the same time. But I guess my question to you, Matt, is who do you think should be the busiest team in the NHL over this next week? Oh, I love that question. Uh, to me, I mean, Edmonton is, is one of the candidates because I sort of base it on urgency in terms of where you are on your cup contention timeline. Uh, I think the Colorado Avalanche have to be busy because they're right in the middle of their win now window. They sort of remind me of, let's say, Tampa Bay two years ago. So they're still at their peak, but they're running out of years where they can really take a swing. And ever since Nazem Kadri left, then JT Comfort, they haven't properly replaced that number two center position. I think they need a marquee forward. If there isn't a great center, which there isn't available, who's a true number two, then maybe you go for a winger, 
whether it's a Jake Gensel or Pavel Buknevich. I think Colorado needs to be aggressive. And the other team to me, this might be my number one pick. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. You guys, under Rod Brindamore, this team is dominant every year. They're elite defensively every year. And every single year, they get knocked out of the playoffs by a team that has major star power. What Carolina does not have is star power. Right now, they're on pace to have a single 30-goal score, a single 70-point score, and that's with offense hitting, what is it, 28, 29-year highs. You need a 100-point score right now to be a real contender, or at least multiple players like Vegas had who are around the point-per-game mark. With Carolina, it's Sebastian Ajo, and then a really big drop-off. Andres Chestnikov, when healthy, is effective. But it's clear that the Canes need... they got to win the bidding. They went for Timo Meyer last year. They lost. They've got to get Gensel. They've got to get Bugnavich. they got to pay up whatever it takes because that's a team to me that's running out of swings. Yeah, out West, I'm fascinated by kind of who's going to strike next. I know you just mentioned Colorado, but like this should be a legitimate arms race here. Dallas went and got their guy in Tana. Vancouver went, got their guy in Lindholm. Winnipeg went, repeat got their guy in yeah. Sean Monaghan, right? And now you're sitting there. Colorado, what do they have? Vegas, what do they have? Edmonton, what do they have? I think in a weird way, like one of these teams is going to pay up, pay big for something. And two of those six teams I just listed is they're going to be done in the first round. They're going to have nothing to show for it out of that collection of teams, Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton. And I guess you can eliminate the three that made moves. Who out of those three is facing sort of the most pressure this year? Do you think? I think pressure to make a move, it has to be Vegas just because we know this team, they'll stop at nothing to contend every single year. And now that you have that nine and a half million, you're going to have that nine and a half million to play with. You know, they're making a move. I was, I was in Vegas's room when they were in town this week and they weren't really like breaking that poker face. Cause we were asking, come on, you guys are waiting for someone to come in. It's what you do in Vegas. You'll trade your top prospect. You'll trade a Brendan Brisson, a first round pick. They don't care. So we know it's going to be a Jake Gensler or Pavel Buknevich. I've even heard some whispers to keep an eye on Max Pacioretty because if you retain half, mm. that's a million dollars for Max <clears throat> Pacioretty. So forget Gensel. You can get Gensel and Pacioretty if you're Vegas with that LTIR space. So that's why I think is under the pressure to make a move, under a pressure to succeed, to me, it's the Oilers. It's, it's time, guys. Yeah, it is. And they need multiple, multiple pieces. When you look at the blue line options available now that Tanev is off the board, I know we talked about the Leafs having to do something. Is there someone amongst that group like Hannafin's a non-starter for the Oilers? He's a left shot, not what they need. But, you know, there's Sealer, there's Walker, there's Carrier out in Nashville. And you can see them now on Frank's top 10 board here. But is there one of those names that you think is the best option for the Oilers? I like Kerry the best because obviously an expiring contract, I think that the price to get him will be a little bit less prohibitive. It seems like with Philly, with the, that that duo, Walker and Sealer, the hype has started to get a little out of control. I think they're two really solid defensemen. I agree with Frank. He loves Nick Sealer. Calls him Nicky Nails, right? And Sealer is yeah. a really tough player. But you can just see, even the rumored asking price from both of those guys to re-sign is starting to get up into the, what is it, $4 million, I think, yeah, for, for Walker. And now there's talk of requiring a first-round pick. It's starting to feel like an overpay. In a vacuum, if money was no object, in terms of acquisition costs as well, I like those two. But in terms of a more realistic option, I like Carrier in Nashville, assuming he's available. The Predators, they're to me, they're always at the top of the denial power rankings. They refuse to be anything other than mid. It's like, guys, you're not going to win a Stanley Cup. Just let yourselves miss the playoffs. But they refuse to do it. It's just not Barry Trotz's way. 
So that ties in perfectly to the last one I have for you. And and I'm hoping this makes sense. But like you look out east, there's Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders and the Devils who are all kind of in the same boat of like, yeah, they could make a push and maybe try catch Philly. But in all likelihood, they're missing the playoffs. I think you could go to the west. You talked about Nashville. Them in St. Louis are duking it out for that last playoff spot. Then there's like Minnesota, Calgary, Seattle, who are like the mushy teams there. Mm-hmm. Out of that group, the mushy middle in each conference, which one are you most intrigued to see or maybe most per- the most perplexed by heading up into the deadline? Like which one of those ones is the most interesting story? It's so weird, right? Because it feels like more than other years, the conferences are a bit top heavy. And it, you're looking at like the, the two wildcard spots in each conference and you're like, how are two of these teams going to be in the playoffs, like playing playoff series? They're not that good. Um, but to me, the exception is the New Jersey Devils in the East. That was my Stanley Cup picks. Maybe it's just because of my pride. But to me, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They remind me of the Florida Panthers last year, a team that had a lot of talent, had a lot of injury problems in the first half and was really good the year before. And had to limp in, just barely made the playoffs, I think by a single point, and then went on a run because they were sort of a great team masquerading as a mid-team. To me, that's the Devils. If they can get healthy, you can get Jonas Stegenthaler back, you can get Dougie Hamilton back if you get to maybe the third round, second round. But overall, just the talent on that roster, especially if they, if they could find a way to get a goalie, I still like the Devils. I think they're still one of the most talent-rich teams in the entire league. In the West, to me, Minnesota is the team that's intriguing me because uh, I said it on on Puck Pooley's, our show this week. They're the only team in that group that was kind of supposed to be good <laughs> when the season started. Uh, and because of the strides you're seeing from their young guys, Marco Rossi, Brock Faber, this team badly needed to improve from within because of the cap constraints with the buyouts, right, for Prezane Suter. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting that from the wild. You have Kirill Kaprizov on an absolute heater. You know Marc-Andre Fleury. He's not going anywhere. It's been sort of uh, made official. Uh, and to me, I think that's the team best positioned in the West to be interesting. So that's it. Minnesota and New Jersey. Got to keep it locked on Daily Faceoff for all your deadline needs. Larkin and Frank got new articles going up every day. Your one today about the New York Rangers and that big deadline they had, what, 30 years ago? 30 years ago, March 21st, so 30 years ago this month. And a first overall team made uh, three trades in one day, brought in four new guys, traded a Hall of Famer for a Hall of Famer, just went absolutely bananas. Probably the craziest single day of trading for any team in NHL history, and it worked. So we have the inside story featuring the GM of that team, Neil Smith, and a couple of former Ranger players as well. All right, dailyfaceoff.com. Pat, if you're listening, and I know you are because you are producing the show, drop the uh, link for that in the description. Matt, appreciate you hopping on, man. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. See ya. Matt Larkin. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He's also one half of the Puck Pulis podcast. So you can find that over on the Daily Face Off YouTube. He's going to be a part of our four-hour deadline live stream next week on Friday, Mountain Time. It starts at 9. It goes for... Four hours, so 10, 11, 12, 1, till 1. The deadline is at 1, so we might even go maybe 20 or 30 minutes after the deadline as well if you're looking for this show on Trade Deadline Day. I'm going to be live with Frank on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, so make sure you're subscribed there. Like I said, four-hour stream, and then when we wrap that one up, Liam and I will do a Deadline Day recap episode of the show. That will go live at 2 o'clock Mountain is our plan. And I'm going to bring my notepad. Lee, you know it's a big day when Liam's got the notepad out. Yeah, the notepad will be out. Mm-hmm. I've the last time the notepad was seen was free agency day. Remember when we were so excited for Connor Brown? That was sick. Ah, son of a gun. They oh got us boy. with that one. That's yeah. how they get you. That's a tease. O and E with Waz and Liam. Probably not. Let's get into the Charm Diamond Center's YouTube <laughs> chat. Proudly Canadian-owned and operated since 1972. More than 85 locations across the country through Charm and their sister brands. You can head to CharmDiamondCenters.com to learn more about their Masterpiece program, which can get you a custom ring built and delivered in less than four weeks. That is a snappy turnaround, Liam. They also have a large selection of not just Canadian lab-grown diamonds, but mine diamonds as well. And you don't have to pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing, OAC, which means on approved credit, charmdiamondcenters.com. All right, let's see what is going on here in the YouTube chat. Someone said that Matt Larkin sounds very educated. It's because he is. And today is his two-year anniversary at Daily Faceoff. We poached him away from... uh, He was with the Hockey News for a long time. Is that where he was? And the first time... Did you read the Hockey News growing up? I had a Hockey News subscription (laughs) for probably 10 years of my childhood. Really? I've read it here and there. Mostly when I get bored at the store and it's like under magazine work and I just sit there waiting for people. (laughs) Uh, So the first time I ever met Matt Larkin was in Montreal. And sat down, went to go get a beer with him. And I said, Matt, I grew up reading you in the hockey news. This is cool. And he said, that is a little bit depressing for me to hear. (laughs) And I said, I understand that. Then later that night, we met up with, you know, Ken Campbell. Yep. He's a legend at the hockey news. And it was me, Larkin, and Ken Campbell sitting down grabbing a beer. And Larkin goes, Ken, you'll like this. Tyler said he grew up reading me. And Ken Campbell looked at me and said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and we all had a great laugh. I wonder if uh, we can get him fun. on this show. Ken Campbell? Ken Campbell. Probably. Maybe. I think I'm. We have a Bucks out guest. Try and get Ken Campbell. Yeah, try to get Ken Campbell. We have a guest on Monday that. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm actually like. I'm, we I, don't want to jinx it. But we're like pretty sure. I mean, we're going today to set up for the interview in the location. Yeah, it'll be an in-person interview. And we will not tell you who it is. Yeah. But we will do a Liam's version, Liam's game at the end of the show. Okay. But we will not give you the answer. Does Pat have the graphic for it? No, I didn't make one. I'm just going to do it off the top. Oh, of okay, we're just going to yeah. straight riff off the top of the dome. That makes sense. I don't want people to think too much. I want people to, I want it to be speculated in the, mm-hmm. in the heads. All right. All right. Get, just sizzle there. I think Tyler Mulek dropped. Oh, there's someone in the chat called Liam's Pork Chop. What are the chances <laughs> that Ken does nothing at this deadline considering there is not a bunch of obvious targets right now? I will say there's like a 1%, 1% chance Ken Holland does nothing. 
even 1% seems high. There's no way. I, he can't. If he, he is not going to go down with no. the bat on his shoulder. He's going to swing. It's his last deadline as the Oilers GM in all and likelihood. To be, look, I'm not like the biggest Ken Holland fan. I've made it very vocal throughout the season, but to his credit, he always makes moves at the deadline to try and make this team better. Mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where they don't get a big slinger, but I could like, see a scenario where they get like two pieces that will help them in some I will say way. sub 50% chance they get one of Buchnevich or Gensel. I think the more likely outcome here in all of this is that they go and get a couple of, and I'm talking three probably, so not a couple, a three, a handful of pieces who are just going to chip in in different ways. Like I'm talking a Dowd Edmondson deal and then Duclair. A Dowd yeah. Edmondson deal and maybe you pay up a bit, you go get Vetrano. Henrique, yeah, like Henry may, uh, I don't something. think you need Henrique and Dowd, but yeah. Well, that would be nice. Oh, I think you might. I mean, I wouldn't pay a first round pick for Dowd, but like that's a crazy thing. So, me. if you, that would probably require giving up your first, second, and third, if you were to get Dowd, Henrik Edmondson. But isn't Henrik right now labeled as a second round pick and a third to keep his money? Okay, and then you get Edmondson and Dowd, and then you're flipping Nuge to the wing full time. Uh huh. You can run McDavid, New Timon. You could run Drysdale to McLeod Fogel. You could run. Henrique with Kane and Perry. And then your fourth line could be Dowd, Holloway, and Yanmark. Brown Yanmark. Brown Mark. I just, I will never ever understand the idea of Nick Dowd being worth a first round pick. I don't. Because of the term, Frank said. I asked him that today. I said, why is this guy worth so much? That's so silly. The Oilers should be able to go out. Any team in the NHL should be able to go out on July 1st and find a reliable fourth line center for 900,000. Right? Yeah, you're right. I, so know. I just don't get it. Like I, yeah. I think Nick Dowd's a good player in his own right. Don't get me wrong. He'd definitely be an, an upgrade over Derek Ryan, but I just don't understand that logic at all, especially when you have Adam Henrique available and people are the insiders are saying he's only a second round pick. Well, term way better than Nick Dowd. Was he yep. at 14, 15 goals this season, something like that? It's like, boy, I'd pay a first-round pick for that guy any day of the week, despite having no term on his deal. Our friend Rebecca, the Devils fan, is in and says, y'all totally getting Jake Gensel. NGL? I don't think so. I Now, this is going to sound silly of me. I almost don't want him because I want Bouchnevich so bad. But I would... Would like Gensel, obviously, but I just would prefer Bushnevich. Okay. Is that fair? Is that crazy to say? No. Probably a little bit, because Gensel would make our team way better, but no, I just term. think term, term, term. ABM. <laughs> scared scared the hell out of me. I thought we have our mock trades for service credit union, Liam. And we got one by you, a handful by the listeners. These trades all fake. What's real? The money you can win with service in the big share contest back for a sixth year. It's your chance to win $1 million just by saving money. Anyone can enter by becoming a member and saving with service. Every $500 saved gets you five entries into the service big share contest. You can even transfer your existing savings to service for more chances to win that cool $1 million prize contest ends April 30th, 2024 skill test required for rules. Visit service.ca slash win. I don't know if I like my mock trades today. I know. I know I made them. You made them. Yep. 
Read them out. Can you read them out? I don't okay, I'll read I, them out I, for I, you. I don't know if I love them. I was just, I saw a bit of speculation on this today. Yeah. And I was trying to piece some things together. So the speculation was that the Oilers could be interested in both Sealer and Walker. Yes. Which, yeah. So the first deal, Sealer and Walker, 50% retained. I'm assuming that's Walker's 50% Just Walker, retained. Yes. Oh, we have boards for these. Hell yeah. Whoa. a boy. Pat? Dog. Uh, first moly. round pick, third round pick, and a B-level prospect. So I don't even know who the B-level You're getting your is. veteran number seven that you want. You're getting Sean Walker retained. You're giving up a first. But you're getting two players. Your third is to keep the money on these guys. Makes sense. The B level prospect, you're talking Borgo. That's too much. I think the Oilers have two. I, this is why I'm saying I don't like my own trades anymore. Okay. I think the Oilers have two B level prospects in the American League. Yeah. And I think it's Borgo, uh, sorry, Broberg and Lavoie. I lied. They have three. Rodriguez is also a B level prospect. Okay. I think everyone else is probably a C. Borgo so I, included? Yeah, I think right now Borgo is I'm not value. doing this deal with Broberg. No, 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 me neither. That's why I'm eliminating the B-level prospect, and I'm going to change it to a C, and I'm going to say someone like Savoy, Tulio, Petrov. I actually wouldn't trade Borgo this deadline if that was an option, because I think you're trading him at his lowest value. Okay. I think he's much better than he's shown. I just think he needs more time. He may be a bust, So I wouldn't trade him. Here's my pushback on this deal. If you can get some team to give you a third or fourth for Cody CC, I'm in. Well, because yes. then it's like, okay, you gave up your first marginal upgrade on CC going to Walker, but I, I see that as a bit of an upgrade. And then you add Sealer, who is a very good seven, or you play him every day over Vinny. So I, I don't, uh, no, I'm out on this. Sorry. No, I don't want them both. I think it's too mm. much to give up. The second one you had know. was Sealer and Walker for CC and a conditional first. Yeah. So the condition on it was uh, if the Oilers make the final or the final four or something like that, I'd, you know, how they do it. Mm-hmm. So something like so that. So it's a second unless. Second unless. Philly won't give up. Philly wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'm not very good at making these trades. Mm-hmm. Well, I just wonder like. The Oilers can acquire Sealer and Walker if Walker's 50% retained without moving out a player. Yeah. But then you run into the issue of we have too many players. We have too many D-men. Yeah, you got to move one up. I don't like getting both those guys. It's unnecessary. I don't know if it is. I think Sealer's an everyday guy and he, he the cost for him is going to be an everyday guy. Go give up a fourth for Edmonton instead of adding in Sealer to this because all you need is an eight, number eight. Or another layer to this, I guess, on the blue line is... Do we overvalue what Vinny DeHane is? I think he's very good. But does Vinny need to be an everyday NHL? Can you upgrade over Vinny and make him your seventh defenseman for the for the playoff run? Maybe. I don't know, man. I don't, I know. don't know. I just saw those two kind of get flowed out there today. And I was curious. I think I would give up a first round pick for both of them. But oh, you're I'd probably ra- not no. re-signing them. I'd rather give up a first and get Carrier and Novak and add something to the forward group. You need forwards too, man. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's get to some listener submitted ones. I threw these out on the daily face-off uh, Twitter and a bunch of people replied back with Oilers trade proposals. So let's dig into a few paths. Oh, first one. This one comes in from Reese. I think that says Mantha at 75% retained. Dowd at 10% retained. For Lavoie, a first, a third, a conditional third. That is if the Oilers make the finals and Washington gets another third round pick from Edmonton. Um, Chicago brought in to retain 25% and get a fourth rounder for their troubles. So you look at the breakdown of this thing. 
The first is for Dowd. I think retaining 10% is a little silly. If Washington's going to do it, just pay up and get them to take the whole thing, in my opinion. Um, Lavoie, okay, he's a C-level prospect. He cleared waivers this year. Like I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think that's fair. I think he's a he's at least a B. He's the Every oldest. organization has Raph Lavoie's. He cleared waivers when he hadn't done anything. I think he's a bit better than you give him credit for. But anyway, go on. Um, the other issue with this deal is, I mean, I, unless it's a 2026 third round pick is the second one. The Oilers don't have their third this year. They have one in 25 and 26, though. Um, I would take out the conditional third and tell Washington if they want Lavoie, they got to sacrifice their mid-round pick to make the money work. And then I think I would do this. I would do Lavoie a first and a third for both Dowd and Mantha. Yeah, I'm probably pretty close to saying yeah, too. And Washington's going to give Chicago a fifth or whatever to keep some of that Mantha money. Okay. Yeah. So they get to move up a couple of rounds. They get a first. Lavoie is kind of part of the deal. You overpay for Dowd. You underpay for Mantha. Boom. That's your deal. The others got get better with this. Yeah, they do. All right. Uh, so we like that one. We'll give that one like a soft stamp of approval, I think. Um, what's the next one, Pat? Petrano, one and a half million retained for both Holloway and Borgo. No. You have to use your assets correctly, and this is way too much. <sighs> An extra year of Frank Vetrano at $2.15 million is so tempting. No, he's good, but you don't need to give up two prospects. If it was the him. first in Borgo, sign me up. I think if it was just... I might even do like a Holloway for Vetrano. I but then at that point, I'm not letting Borgo prevent me from doing this. Holloway is the one I don't want to move here. If it's know. a first in well, Borgo, sign me up every day of the week. But what was Holloway. the trade last year that Vegas made for Babashev? Uh Just Zach Dean, who was the former 20th overall pick. Is Borgo any different than Zach Dean? Barbashev was a rental, didn't have term, didn't have retention. So I had a pick in, and then, yeah, I, maybe I wouldn't give up Holloway. Maybe that's too much. Maybe I switch my answers and say Borgo and a pick. Borgo and a first. Second. I think you got to pay up because of that retained money. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I would do that. I would do a first and Borgo, for, but I wouldn't do Holloway in this deal. Ryan is in and says Holloway only comes if... Oh, I opened up the wrong one. And I opened up the wrong one again. <laughs> Holloway only goes if Buchnevich comes. Otherwise, no. I think that's probably a fair way to look at Holloway's value. Like, no one's truly untouchable for this team, but it would take a lot for me to be willing to part with uh, with Dylan Holloway. Uh, Aiden said not a first, though. A second, I don't think you get him at that rate. Remember, Anaheim's under no pressure to move him. He's not a pending UFA. They can keep Frank Vetrano if they want to. So you got to pay up if you want to get a guy with term. He would be someone who helps you for two playoff runs. You give up a first to do that. Like you got to give to get. If the deal makes you a little uncomfortable, I mean, there were people who were a little uncomfortable with the Ekholm deal, right? It was like, oh God, you gave up a lot. It's like, well, you got to give to get. So you absolutely give up the first in this. You don't even hesitate. So his cap hit would be 2.15. That's so good, man. That's so good. And then you get to keep Holloway, sign him for like 1.25. And all of a sudden you have some couple of real good value pieces in your forward group. Yeah. I, I the trading prospects always so interesting to me mm-hmm. because every single trade involves Borgo, Lavoie, Broberg, and mm-hmm. then you see Dallas trade away some guy who has five points in the American League this season for Chris Tanev. 
And you see it like last season, like Zach Dean hadn't played a game in the NHL and yeah. stuff like that. I think it's just you just never know how organizations are going to value some yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one, Pat. Cody CC, a first and a third for Sean Walker. The third is for the CC cap dump. I think you're undervaluing Cody CC in this. Um, if you take the third out, I would do it. First and CC for Walker. It gives you cap flexibility a little bit this summer. I know you'd have to go then replace that guy. You're probably not going to be all that interested in the price on a Sean Walker extension, but this one is okay. uh, No, if it was a second, I'd do it. I wouldn't do the first. I'm not giving up a first for Sean Walker. I'm standing by that. Nope. CC in a second. Sure. CC in a first. No dice. And the third. No, I'm not doing this. I'd want another player along with Walker. Yeah. Give me some depth too. Nope. No dice. Next one, Pat. Are the Oilers a player for Brandon Duhame to Edmonton, Duhame to Minnesota, Yanmark and a fourth from Klima's lid. Um, does the, I mean, the money would work on this because you're losing Yanmark in it. I, I'm not a big Brandon Duhame fan, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think this is an upgrade. Yeah, like, I mean, all, it's, you're, all you're giving up is the fourth. So if you think you're getting a bit better in the bottom six, sure. Largely inconsequential. But Frank thinks uh, the Wild will get a second for Duhame. So I'm out on him if it's going to cost anything more than this, and it will. So it's just, yeah, yeah. This one doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah, interesting thinking of like give up a mid round pick to get a marginal upgrade, but I just I think Duhame's going to be overinflated in terms of his value. Uh, next one, or is that it? Uh, Oilers acquire Buchnevich at fifty percent retained. Give up a first Broberg, Borgo, and a third. So. The first in Broberg are the two premium assets St. Louis wants for Buchnevich. Maybe it's a hair under, but giving up Borgo and a third for the retained money is probably a hair over. So I actually think this balances out. I do this. I do this. Yeah. I 1000. This is very similar to the Ekholm deal. I, I was thinking that too. I would do this. I don't know if St. Louis would. Maybe they would. Dude, that's a first. Yeah, you Two know, guys I, who were first and a third. I do this. And I think St. Louis does it. I think this gets a full on 100% stamp of approval. Be curious how the money would fully work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would. The money works because he's now a $2.9 million guy. You swap out, let's just say for simplicity's sake, Yanmark goes on waivers. You've cleared up a mill. Mm-hmm. And you can fit in Buchnevich with your deadline cap space. Yeah. And you're getting them next year 2.9. That's so valuable. I would turn that third into a second and still do this deal. I'd give up a lot for Buchnevich at 50% I would, retained. I would too. Okay, we got a couple of more to keep rolling through here on the show. What's next, Pat? <clears throat> Konechny, 50% retained for Fogel, Holloway, and a first. Don't like, uh, don't like losing. Oh, you need more forward depth. I know this is going to sound dumb because Konechny at 50% retained is so damn good. And I don't even think Philly would do this. Uh, Philly might do this. Holloway's legit. First round pick is good. I don't uh, think Philly would do that. Yeah, I don't see this as a realistic deal just because <clears throat> if you're Edmonton, no. you can't sacrifice forward depth. I know you're getting the best player in the deal and that usually means you win it. But like... Uh, I, I have a hard time sitting there being like, oh, we've sacrificed a layer of depth. Our bottom six is worse. And we gave up a first round pick. That's yeah, because and this of, isn't and I don't think Philly likes this package. I think a big thing for the Oilers, if they were to get a top six player, is that they can push Fogel down the lineup. Yeah. By losing Fogel and Holloway, you lose two players. By yes, you get the best player, mm-hmm. but at what cost? I don't know if I wouldn't do that. Let's I don't to, think either team would do that. Yeah. I I, I agree with you. Trade number seven, Pat. Edmonton gets Lawton and Walker. Philly gets Broberg in a first. Yep. 
That's good. Yeah. Broberg for Lawton, done. First for Walker, overpay, but Broberg's probably a bit of an underpay. So I think it balances out. I wonder just how interested Philly would be in this, if it's quite enough for them to part with both those assets. But I would do this because your bottom six gets better and your blue line gets better. Why not? Yeah, I would be in on that one. Yeah, if you if they could take CC too, I'd love it even more. But I, I think the the upgrade of the bottom six is enough to make me uh, really really consider this one. Uh, Bring Cassian home. I'm not trading Broberg for Lawton. Lawton comes with term. I, I don't know. To me, the more I think, I like the players in this trade that the others would get. But yeah, you got to give to get. think outside of the market as well of this trade as well. Sorry, it's like Henry and Carrick are both there too. All right, last one. Edmonton gets Dowd and Edmondson, both 50, both 50% retained for a first to fourth in Connor Brown. Frank and I dissected this one on DFO Live earlier today. Frank said it's a realistic deal. The one thing I said, there's no reason to have Connor Brown in this trade. He's league minimum for you this year. You keep Connor Brown on your roster because he's league minimum. This doesn't help you get rid of the bonus, but Steven, I like the offer. If it was a first and a fourth for Dowd and Edmondson, 50% retained, mm-hmm. again, you might need to add in your third here because of the money, but I would do a first, a third, and a fourth. Because you're getting them so cheap. No, first and fourth is good. Edmondson's probably a very low value player. And so the fourth is for them to keep the money, and it's not a lot of money. Yeah. And the first gets you Dowd, and they got to make the concession of keeping money, but they get their first round pick. And then they could sit there and flip, you know, Mantha, Lindgren, and someone else and go get a second round pick. And then Washington's got some assets to play with. So how good is Joel Edmondson nowadays? He's a number seven on a contender. Why does he pl- play for Washington? He's been handling some. He's been playing like north of 16 minutes a night. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we do you remember, Sorry. Do you remember last year? Montreal wanted a first round pick for that guy. Yeah. And now he's insane. like just getting dumped in deals. Yeah. All right. Let's move along to a, a new segment as we get ready for the weekend. Liam, we are going to go to Sounds of the Oil. It is brought to you by snow valley aerial park which is opening up on may 31st family fun all summer long attractions include the aerial tower the white mud creek mining company target golf and all new mini golf happening as well creekside eats will be open for snacks and refreshments the edmonton symphony orchestra is going back there this summer as well lots of stuff going on at snow valley this summer and of course you can still go skiing there for now as well. Uh, head to rainbowvalley.com if you want to check out the campground. There is a lot, a lot, a lot going on with our friends at Snow Valley Area Park and Rainbow Valley Campground. Online bookings already open for the summer as well. Let's go inside the Oilers room where our pal Zach Lang was pulling some quotes from Zach Hyman, who is on an absolute heater, and he'll be looking to keep that going this weekend. Eight goals in six games. And we talked on Real Life yesterday that Zach Hyman feels like he was engineered in a lab to play next to Connor McDavid, like the perfect player to be there. And and Hyman talking about that a little bit said, quote, I play with the best player in the world. So I'm very fortunate and very aware. I'm pretty lucky. It's obviously one of the big reasons I chose to come here was to have the opportunity to play with Connor. It doesn't happen overnight. Obviously you learn. And I think a lot of that has to do with communication. He thinks the game so well. So if I'm able to think it with him and get to spots where he can get the puck to, we'll have a good chance to score. I just keep trying to get open and you guys are on him for not scoring, but it's because he's making those plays and I'm the benefactor. He's a generational player. He was also, you know, we talked a little bit about the idea of like, ah, oh, do you just mooch? Are you easy? Is it easy for you because you play with Connor? And he said, I wouldn't say it's not easy, 
I should rephrase that. It's a luxury to play with a guy like that. It's easy in the sense that you're going to get opportunities. It's hard in the sense that there's pressure to produce every night and to score. The thing for Zach Hyman is that he has been producing every night as of late. Yeah. Yeah. Now the question is how many goals is Zach Hyman going to finish with this season? We should do a little, little draft on that. Is it a draft? Like a little board? Oh, a little, yeah. A little yeah. like a goal draft. Yeah. Who finishes with more, him or Sam Reinhart? 41 for Reinhardt, 40 for Hyman, but Hyman's got a couple games in hand. Oh, boy. Hyman. Home and pick. Zach Hyman, 50. He's the only one that plays five. with Connor McDavid. Hyman, 55. Reinhardt, 54. There you go. That's my pick. Don't hate it. If, Don't hate it. If Griffin was good, I would have picked just to win, Sam, but mm-hmm. fortunately, he was not. We are an anti-Reinhardt podcast. Yeah. There you go. That is sounds from inside the room. Sounds of the oil by brought to you by Snow Valley Aerial Park opening up May 31st. Family fun all summer long. One of the best things to do in the Edmonton area in the summer. One of uh, my first dates with my girlfriend was there. Really? I should say one of my first, one of the early dates with her. Hmm, Wasn't like one of the first five, but it was in that early stage. We went to the aerial park. She was scared of heights. I thought it was hilarious. Things you do for love. Well, there's one where it's like a tightrope and you have to ride on a bike. Oh, and you got to like bike across a tightrope, but you're like four stories up and like you're secure. You're not going to go anywhere, but it is a little freaky. Yeah. You don't want to pretend to fall. No, that's not fun, but it's fun. Uh, Yeah. Snow Valley Aerial Park and the Rainbow Valley Campground. Shout out to them. Welcome to the show. This was their first day as a partner of Oilers Nation every day. They're on every day, right? They're on every day. Okay. Sounds from the room every day. Well, sounds from the room every day brought to you by Snow Valley Aerial Park. And I mean, even just Snow Valley now head out, get some skiing in before the snow all goes away. Should be a decent weekend. People were, I said it's cold out. People were like, it's not cold out. Well, then go skiing. Put your money where your mouth is. You think <laughs> you think it's so warm out. Prove it. Yeah. Probably is decent skiing weather right now. Oh, we got to do our teas. Oh, yeah, we do. Okay, let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash. 25% off, zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter, boom, this promo code, Nation25, for our Canadian listeners. New episode of Oilers Nation Radio going to drop later this afternoon. They're still going to grind out an episode of The Notebook, even though Aaron is sick. So Coomzy's yeah. got that one handled. Um, so you can look for that on our YouTube Pre-game show tomorrow from Brunch for Ben. I have been told we only have a couple of spots left in at Brunch for Ben. So if you want to get on and you've been putting off buying tickets, you need to do it like I am telling you right, 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 right now. Yeah, even I struggle to get tickets for this. Yeah, And I work for this company. Nationgear.ca, our pregame show live from Greta with Brunch for Ben is going down at 1 o'clock tomorrow. I'll be on post-game duties as well. Sunday, AB back in the saddle for pre and post-game as the Oilers take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Liam, our interview on Monday. Our interview on Monday. Okay, I need to do these clues without giving it away. Okay. Where should I start? Okay, I'll start with how many teams he played for. Okay. So this guy played for five different NHL teams. Okay. You do the next clue. Click on what it was. He was once traded for a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. I think we only made two clues. And he was in the lineup the last time the Oilers played a game in the Stanley Cup final. And Oh, yeah. He's part of the part of the 06 team. team. He went to multiple Stanley Cup finals. He did. And he was traded one, two, three, Lots. four, five, six times throughout his career, as well yeah. as the one. It's not Chris Osgood. It's not Chris Osgood. So I don't know. I don't want to reveal too much, but <laughs> it's. I'm uh, nervous. I'm, I'm going to say 
This is the biggest guest we have had on this show. Mm-hmm. It might be the biggest guest we ever get on this show. Might be. Might be the biggest guest we ever get on this show. Yeah, it is Sergey Samsonov. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's in person. It's in person. So we got to go set up for it today because it's bright and early on Monday. I, I have to prep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys can speculate in the chat. Speculate away. We're not going to tell you. And hopefully it happens. <laughs> Before we wrap up, we have a special birthday shout out to give. Yes, we do. It's our girl Kimberly's birthday today. Yes. So happy birthday to Kimberly. We give her a shout out every year on this show. Do we really? <laughs> well, it's been three years of this show and we've given her a shout out every time. We've been doing two years. This is only year two? Year two. Every year we do it for though. Oh, short for giant game day show. I would have given her a shout oh, out yeah. too though. But happy birthday, Kimberly. Your girlfriend, Sarah, is fantastic. And she always reminds me <laughs> to give you a birthday shout out on March 1st. It's pretty much all That's of our, it's like actually- our Instagram DMs. It's like... <laughs> That's away an extra year this year. Extra day. Extra sorry. day. You're correct. Happy birthday, Kimberly. I hope you have a fantastic birthday weekend. Yeah. Is that everything for our show today? Uh, bu- 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 yep. Yeah, it is 102. Went over an hour. That means we're going to have to charge overtime. Well, tough. Charge 30 minutes. Big show coming Monday. Double pre and post game shows Saturday and Sunday right here on the Oilers Nation YouTube. And if the Oilers do anything, we will have an emergency edition of the show. If there's a trade in the next couple of days, we will have you covered over on the YouTube. Unless it's Saturday night while I'm golfing. Then well, then I'll have to wait. Yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody this week, hit the like button before you go. Next week, it is deadline day. So giddy up. You will not want to miss a show. We will chat with you on Monday, noon mountain time, maybe. Ciao to you then.